Welcome back to Bodybuilding Down Under, the premier podcast for bodybuilding here in Australia. You are, as always, joined by your hosts, myself, Lawrence, Jack, we've got DY and DC. But today we're also joined by some very exciting guests and they are currently in Santiago, Chile. So they've stayed up nice and late to get on the podcast with us, which we are very grateful for. Please welcome to the show, Yolan and Sebastian, who are the new president and vice president, respectively, of WMBF Australia. Thank you so much, guys, for having us. We uh, really appreciate it. Thanks for the invite. No, well, thank you guys for staying up. As we said, you know, Chile to Brisbane is not exactly the kindest of time differences. So I believe it's 13 <laughs> hours apart. But thank you guys so much for staying up. And we were all extremely excited to hear that WMBF was making its way back to Australia and to have two people who seem very passionate about bodybuilding and about the sport mm-hmm. in this country is, is super encouraging as we're all keen to, you know, see what the next year has in store. But I suppose just to, you know, from the outset, if you can just introduce yourselves to the listeners and give us a bit of a background of who you are and, you know, what got you interested in the bodybuilding scene here in Australia. Um, yeah, sure. I, I can start. Um, my name is Sebastian. I'm actually from Chile, but I lived in Australia uh, for about six years. I moved there when I, I had just turned 18. Um, you know, I moved to Brisbane. I wanted to learn English and, you know, I went to uni. And that's basically where I developed my passion for, for bodybuilding. I just really liked how, how much Australians, like how much many Australians like to lift weights, you know, uh, sports. And since then, I just uh, continued to, you know, develop my own body. I uh, tried to learn more about bodybuilding and yeah, that's when um, I, I also wanted to get into the competition scene. You know, I wanted to become a, a men's physique competitor and I started competing for the WMBF and that's when this lady over here next to me, Yelan, uh, really supported me. Yeah, I've flown like watched every single one of his cop and I helped prepare a lot of his comp meals as well a lot of <laughs> meal prep over the years so that's pretty much how I started to get quite involved as well because yeah of all his competitions and um oh I'll add on as well I think how we really got involved with WMBF was that we made um we became really good friends with the president and vice president of WMBF Taiwan mm-hmm. and that was also where we got to meet the official vice president Bob from the states in Taiwan as well during one uh-huh. of his competitions and yeah we grew this really good friendship and through this friendship we got to judge many of their shows and worked on a lot of the behind the scenes as well um we helped out with their marketing for many of their shows uh-huh. and that kind of got us like very passionate about this federation and and just to um uh answer your question really about Australia why Australia yeah is yeah basically uh because i lived there and i saw you know um how sort of the bodybuilding industry works and i really loved it and my wife here she's half australian half taiwanese so that's where that's where we met uh but we are now at the moment based in taiwan but we are planning to move back uh next year to australia and to run the federation properly yeah, absolutely. And is there anything about, you know, Australia that you sort of saw like an untapped potential or is there a reason why you didn't just get more involved with the Taiwanese WMBF Federation? I feel like there is so much talent in Australia 
the athletes that I've seen uh, competing in natural federations over there is just amazing. It, it really has inspired me. And um, I wanted to bring this federation to Australia um, because I wanted to provide a platform for these great athletes um, to, I wanted to provide a world-class platform for these athletes to compete in because I feel like they're just so amazing that they deserve to have a pathway to compete with the best natural bodybuilders in the world. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose, you know, we're all in agreement. like what we've seen in the natty scene here in Australia is very encouraging. And I think it's good enough to stand up on the world stage, but it's just been lacking, you know, that opportunity and that ability to do so. So Yolan, yourself, have you competed before? No, I have not. <laughs> Any interest to in the future? Uh, the, yeah, I mean, a few years ago when he started on his first prep, yeah, I did get interested. But then, um, I don't know, I thought that just having one athlete in the family was quite enough. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, is, it is a tough sport. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you guys have a, a young son, is that correct? Yes, he's just turned six. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, yeah, one parent is probably good enough for prepping. I and think so. Absolutely. So obviously we know a little bit of information now about the Brisbane show that's happening. And, you know, we've been told the venue and a rough estimate about what time of the year it is going to be and that sort of thing. So I suppose from the outset, some of the information that hasn't yet come out is, you know, regarding the exact date, some of the qualification processes. So selfishly, I'll get my question out of the way first. Um, the one I'm dieting, dying to know is, is more so how do you qualify for Worlds? So what are going to be, you know, the expectations, if you know at the moment, for someone to compete at the Brisbane show and then be able to get over to Seattle next year? Um, yeah. Um, so first, I would like to explain that depending on which WNBF federation you are competing in or with, the qualification process for Worlds is going to differ. Um, so it's not a standardized. So for instance, some federations will prefer the top five or, or top three overall winners from each category to qualify for Worlds, while others will allow anyone who just compete in any event to qualify, right? So yeah, regardless of how they place, they'll still be able to go uh, to Worlds if they wish to. At the moment for us, uh, for the WMBF Australia, the qualification process is going to be more like that. We're going to give the chance to qualify for Worlds to anyone who competes in our events in Australia. This is because um, we don't want anyone to miss out on experiencing you know, such an amazing event. You guys know the WMBF works, like how it is. It's, it's just incredible. Um, there are many, here in Australia, there are many uh, crazy good athletes and it would be a shame not to let them represent Australia at the world stage in the US. But yeah, as like we continue to grow and evolve, we might end up like tweaking some of these regulations a little mm -hmm. bit. But as for now, if you compete in the October 2023 event, yeah, you'll be able to go to the world the month after. Uh-huh. And just one uh, more thing to add here. Uh, you must compete in a local Australian event first to qualify. You, you can't just go to Worlds without competing here first. I mean, in Australia. And you must compete in, in one of the following categories. Uh, these are bodybuilding, men's physique, figure, bikini, and fit body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, and, and that's for open and master 40 plus class. Yeah. 
Awesome. Yeah. Well, that was actually one of our next questions involving the categories <laughs> in the division. So obviously some other federations, they, more. yeah, it's, that was kind of the, the second part, like over time, do you think you'll incorporate some other divisions as well? Sure. Yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, you go there. You, you can, you can, you can, because you're on the roll right here. <laughs> go, go, go. You're on the momentum here. No, as you guys know, we are still trying to learn about the industry in Australia. Uh, we've been away for a few years. So uh, we're just trying to learn about how things work at the moment over there. And so we want in the future try to incorporate, you know, divisions that Australians are more used to because mm -hmm. they might vary from what the WMBF offers. But unfortunately, of course, some of those divisions are not going to be able to give the athlete a pro card mm -hmm. because they, they don't really belong to the WMBF, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. only those five categories are the ones that, you know, can give a, an athlete a pro card. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that totally makes sense. And I think a good example in Australia might be classic physique, like some of the other federations offer classic. It's, it's hugely popular, but with WMBF, there's no pro card yet. But I mean, who knows in five or 10 years time that might change. Yeah, I think, well, I've had a, a conversation with Bob, which... Um, he's one of, of the guys, you know, that started the WMBF uh, 33 years ago and who runs it at the moment as well uh, with his wife. And uh, yeah, I, I have the feeling that that's one of the divisions. I mean, the categories that he doesn't want to, you know, provide because it sort of makes the WMBF different mm. from every other federation. But yeah, I guess in the future, I'll have to have a more profound conversation with him to, you know, really understand why that is. And then I will be able to share that with you guys as well. Yeah, totally. So on a similar note, like, will people be able to enter multiple categories and divisions? How will that work with WMBF? Yeah, for sure. So competitors will be able to cross over multiple categories. But when, uh, when it comes to classes, there are some exceptions. Like, for example, um, the same competitor can register and compete for bodybuilding and men's physique, but cannot cross over between, say, novice and open in the same category. And so, for example, you may register to compete in junior and novice bodybuilding and open men's physique, but you won't be able to, uh, say, uh, compete for novice, register for novice and open men's physique. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, moving back yeah. to classic as well, like it's kind of like a bit of a hot topic on our podcast to discuss the nuances of classic and bodybuilding. And I mean, none of us are concerned by WMBF not having classic at this stage. Like that doesn't bother us at all. But <laughs> we're we're just interested in your take on on classic versus bodybuilding in the natural scene. Like there's obviously one camp which says that like natural bodybuilders are classic physiques um then there's another camp that says oh there's still a a fairly distinguishable difference between classic and bodybuilding and in, in the natural scene yeah that's a great question and i wasn't really prepared for that <laughs> <laughs> yeah um to be honest i i just i just like bodybuilding in general so mm. i like him all uh, i even though the wmbf doesn't offer it um, I still like to watch it, you know, I like, I still like classic physique, I like bodybuilding, and whether some people believe there are differences or not, uh, personally, it doesn't really matter to me, because I just want to see 
uh, great physique stepping on stage. And I just want to see their hard work. I want to see how they perform and how, um, you know, they display their physiques. Mm. So perhaps in the future, I could, you know, really give it a, 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 a nice thought <laughs> and I could give you a more um, uh, complete response. So mm. I apologize for that, but um, no, I did yeah. put you on the spot, okay. and I mean that's honestly <laughs> I, how. To be honest, I never thought about it, and yeah, and I, I just don't want to bubble too much. So yeah, that's I honestly how we think as well. Like we we think there's room for both as well, and like we're all just passionate about bodybuilding in general. Each I I personally compete in both bodybuilding and classic, so um, I'll definitely be competing in bodybuilding in WMBF as well. So regardless of whether classic is is or isn't included so i can't wait and that's great that that's awesome it's great cool. to hear so this this one is uh probably a popular question for many i'm sure they're eagerly awaiting the pro card situation so how will pro cards work for the first season and then latter seasons and will they be rewarded to like only open class winners will they will be the, there be room for a second place pro card or depending on the athlete how will that work Oh, okay. Um, so pro cards, yes. And uh, the plan that we have had is to give out at least 10 pro cards, like amongst all the overall winners of the, um, you know, the five pro qualifying categories we talked about earlier. So that is like bodybuilding, men's physics, figure, fit body and bikini. And how many pro cards like each category will get really depending on, um, it really depends on the number of competitors we get. Um, we have on stage on the show day and also the quality of these competitors as well um, for example if we have like 80 competitors um, signing up for men's physics and 20 for figure then physique will probably likely get three pro cards while figure will probably just get one so we'll probably go in that kind of ratio and like as said mentioned earlier pro cards are only given to competitors in the open and masters 40 plus class so junior uh, teen novice um anything first time first time, yeah. yeah they will not be eligible for it okay yeah that makes sense and so the 10 plus like the at least 10 is just the number that we kind of have in mind it could be more mm. as well yeah. depending on yeah sorry to jump in yeah, in, yeah go ahead in terms of the um the open class obviously that makes sense for awarding the pro cards just backtracking on what you said earlier would someone hypothetically and once again this is me being selfish be able to enter junior and open bodybuilding in the same competition? Junior and open bodybuilding? Uh, yes. Yes. When it comes down to junior, yes, they will be able to do that. And what is the age cutoff for the juniors? Uh, 23. Okay, perfect. No dramas. Awesome. No, old, that was more you, my own curiosity. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it just yeah. so happens that I'm 22. We look at that. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Oh, so jealous. I, just, I just had another question on the uh, pro cards. What's going to happen with all the previous competitors that have scored pro cards uh, with the WMBF Australia or the AWMBS? Like I know about three, four years ago, there was a bunch of like bikini pros and all that. Um, does Do their pro cards still carry over? Uh, yeah, that, that should be okay because of, you know, we, we got to consider what's been happening with the Federation here in Australia right? And with COVID and everything. So um, I will have to double check that with Bob, but I personally don't think there will be any issue. 
I think they will be able to, you know, keep their pro cards and then keep competing as a pro now that we are, as, you know, settled in Australia. Mm. And uh, also another question regarding the pro cards. I know that in, in previous years, uh, a lot of pro competitors, they need to compete within a certain time frame in order to maintain their, their pro status. Um, and obviously here in Australia, uh, the, the, the premise has been that we haven't quite had the, the men's ability to compete, you know, and, and, and earn a pro, pro status, I, I guess, other than competing in, in, in the amateur uh, world. But I guess moving forward, like anyone who wins their pro card, will there be that, that sanction period in terms of, you know, needing to maintain a competitiveness or the ability to compete within a two-year time frame unless you, and then you essentially, you know, lose your pro card, will that still be, uh, put in place yeah i think uh everything that applies to the wmbf us also applies for all the other federations however with that being said um the wmbf us they are very flexible sometimes and they really understand you know different situations and because of again what what's been happening with the WMBF Australia uh, for the past couple of years, then there could be some changes that only apply to Australia, but that's still on the table. We're still having conversations with WMBF US. So nothing, uh, nothing like that's been settled yet uh, or set. So yeah, when we have more information about that, we will definitely share with, share with you guys. Mm, absolutely no that makes sense i guess in the u.s there's you know multiple shows over the course of the year um and in in australia as as the federation flourishes and builds obviously there'll be more shows that 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 are promoted and and, and build up as well um also uh one of, i guess you know wnbf is is well renowned within the natural bodybuilding community as providing you know the best possible drug testing protocols you know for for their athletes and I guess my question or my question to you guys is, you know, what are those protocols and, and what steps mm -hmm. are you guys putting in place to ensure that you're preserving the, the natural bodybuilding, you know, scene? Uh-huh. Yeah. So um, every competitor will be polygraphed the days prior to the show. And this is the first screening process that athletes will go through in order to, you know, be able to step on stage. And for anyone listening and that, who is not aware of what this is, um, it's what is generally known as a light detector, right? So basically, you know, you're asked to sit on a chair and the examiner will place a few wires and sensors on different parts of your body in order to get uh, readings of your uh, breathing, sweat, heart rate, blood pressure, and so on. And then the examiner will ask you a bunch of questions related to basically your natural status and use of any of our banned substances. After that, the examiner, examiner will analyze the charts on the computer and come up with an opinion as to how truthful you've been, right? And the second part of our protocol, it's an immediate post-comp urine test done on all pro-qualifying class winners. So basically winners, after stepping down the stage, will be asked to go with um, a WMBF staff member to uh, designate a room in which they will have to literally pee in a, in a cup, right? In a special cup, which is then sealed and sent to the US. And that will undergo full water banned substance testing. Mm -hmm. and, and we will also be providing a urine test 
randomly to uh, amateur and, and pro athletes uh, at any time during the year. And also mm. um, on show day and also on the check-in day as well, we would also do mm -hmm. some random urine testings as well. Mm. Yeah. No, I think that's incredible. And I think if anything, you know, having those sorts of screening processes in place probably pushes, you know, other federations within Australia to, to make similar decisions with regards to, you know, their, their athletes as well. And it's almost like uh, WNBF is very much leading, leading the game with respect to their, you know, rigidity around, around that, which I think is fantastic. Um, what, I guess one of the follow-up questions I had, which you somewhat answered there, but um, the, the prohibited list, does that pertain to WADA itself? So the World Anti-Doping Association? Uh, yes. And the WMBF also has its own list. So um, if I'm not mistaken, it's a combination of WMBF and WADA. Mm. Yeah. No, uh, again, I'll have to, uh, I will definitely have to double check with that. Uh, I apologize again because, you know, we are in the process of trying to get everything together at the moment uh, and to understand all the protocols, to understand how the WMBF runs, right? As Yelan previously mentioned, we did work with the WMBF Taiwan, doing some work behind the scenes, but there are many things that, yeah, we, uh, we really didn't see much happening right we didn't have access to until just now mm, so um we did we did participate in the judging panel and we did some you know promotional content from the WMBF did some other work behind the scenes but um there are many things that we're still learning about uh but to all the listeners that want to join the WMBF Australia in the future just know that Eventually, in the near future, everything uh, will be set in place and that your president and vice president will know absolutely everything uh, that the WMBF wants us to know and that then we'll be, we will be transparent enough to give you, you know, all the information that you require. Mm. So again, I apologize in advance if I cannot answer all your questions. But eventually, I will be able to. Yelan will be able to. So you have nothing to worry about. Mm, no, thank you. Yeah, thank you guys so much. Because I think um, we've sort of, you know, jumped the gun with respect to asking you a lot of these questions when obviously a lot of a lot of these uh, finer details are being ironed out. So yeah, we are super appreciative that you guys can can come on here. Um, my my additional question there, not pertaining to. Sorry, um, sorry to cut you off. Yeah, yeah, no, go for it. Yeah. Um, we really appreciate it, honestly. Like I have no issues with you asking us all these questions. Obviously, there's excitement. Uh, the WMBF is generating a lot of traction. We get a lot of DMs, you know. Uh, we get some emails as well asking about the WMBF in Australia. And people are excited about it, right? So they want to know things. And I want to give you all, all the answers, believe me. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best. Yelan is going to do her best to do that as well. But um, like I said, we don't have them all at the moment. Some things may change in the near future too. But eventually, you will have all the information on our website. Once it's finished, all the information on the website will be provided. And then you will have access to, you know, to that. And 
yeah, thank you guys for for asking us all these questions. You you have the right to, you know. Mm, absolutely. One of the uh, additional questions I want to ask, not pertaining to to drug testing, was more about uh, posing routines. So I know that you know a lot of athletes they they uh, they obviously work tremendous amounts on on their posing uh, within their their contest prep phase and. You know, having sometimes a platform to have a posing routine can just be a great additive towards, um, you know, federation and, and, and time on stage to display your physique. Is that something that WNBF offers within their, their lineup? Um, yes. So the top seven competitors in a pro qualifying category and class will get to do an individual posing routine. So for example, a competitor in a bodybuilding open class will have his or hers, but competitors in a junior or novice class will not. Fantastic. So that's what will then differentiate the different classes. Yeah. And also sometimes, you know, because of time constraints. So we, uh, obviously want to give the athlete a possibility uh, to show the performance uh, but at the same time we want to be able to give them a really good experience on show day and I know athletes because you know I'm a competitor myself we want things to run on a schedule right so obviously we want things to run smoothly on that day so but again uh, some changes may happen and we will let you guys know in the future if you know, any of our answers change today. Mm. Yeah, perfect. My question is going to be in regards to the uh, judging panel. Uh, who's going to be on the judging panel and how did you go about, uh, I guess, finding the perfect people? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, this is still to be determined because we need to make sure, like you said, you know, that all judges are well experienced and well versed with the WMBF judging criteria, which is a little bit different from the other criteria uh, from the other federations criteria here in Australia, right? Um, Yelena and I, as certified WMBF judges, very well know how hard it can be to pick competitors apart, making sure that they are placed fairly. So, making sure that um, we get the right people is super important. And it's, it's not something that we want to rush. It's not a process that we want to get done quickly. We, we need to get the right people on show day to judge fairly. And it's not an easy task. But I know there are definitely qualified people in Australia that can do that job. Um, but with that being said, yeah, our panel will be a mix of local and international judges. And we will most likely have... Um, Five judges, at least, at least uh, judging at a time, yeah. plus one test judge, who is basically, you know, someone training to become a judge, but whose points don't count towards a competitor score. Yeah, that's super cool that like, you're going to be flying uh, some international judges over, like, get a little bit of diversity on there. To uh, be honest, that- like uh, we've been getting WMBF uh, certified judges and you know presidents from other uh, federations. Yeah wanting to uh sorry affiliates yeah. wanting to come to australia to judge the the show yeah so that's mm. been amazing they super supportive they want to see the athletes in australia they know the quality yeah yeah that's that's super cool to see <laughs> uh one of the other questions i have is what's going to separate you uh the wmbf australia from the different divi- uh i guess feds that we already have in australia what, what's going to be the differentiating factor 
that's a really good question. And, you know, we could start by saying that we're going to have the best stage, the best lighting, the best food on site and provide great service to the athletes, which we will, you know, we will do all of those things. But at the end of the day, uh, what a natural competitor really cares about, at least this is how I feel as a natural competitor myself and what I gather from others who I talked to over the years, is really being able to step on a stage knowing that whoever is standing next to you is also natural. Uh, athletes want to be sure that they are in a fair competitive environment in which everyone has fought to be there on show day under the same conditions with obviously no help from other illegal anabolic compounds, right? Yeah, and, and that's you what probably the w I think Yelan wanted to add something. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just want to say, I think, um, yeah, what really sets us apart is definitely like the very rig rigorous, um, drug rigorous, yeah. rigorous drug testing protocols and the transparency of the federations because um, we'll be publishing all urine test results. So whether your mm -hmm. results come back negative or positive, they will be posted on our social medias and websites. Um, so yeah, I think this is um, so that people can have the assurance that we're doing what we said we would do. And that also tells anyone who's thinking of cheating the system mm -hmm. that, yeah, if you're caught, you're not just going to be banned from the federation, but you will also be exposed publicly as well. Mm. That's one thing and actually, I'm, I'm really curious about what you <laughs> what guys you think <laughs> yeah. about that. What's well, I think that's what, that? that's what separates the WMBF apart from a majority of other feds is the highest level of testing. Like, you know, a majority of the time, like if you're competing with the WMBF, you pretty much can guarantee that every athlete on stage is a hundred percent natural, which, you know, for some of the other feds, you know, there's ways around it. There's little loopholes, but when you really put the lie detector test with the urine tests, you know, it makes it very, very hard to uh, get through. Mm. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, for sure. I do Absolutely. have one more question. It might be a little bit of a hard question, though. Um, so I'm so I'm sorry to put you guys on the spot. Um, so, for example, my oh, partner, for, <laughs> for example, my partner won a WMBF Pro card for women's fitness. But now over in America, they obviously don't have women's fitness, and that was tied in with bikini. So our fitness athletes were then bikini athletes. Would then they get bikini pro cards or would they lose the pro card because technically that division doesn't exist in accordance to america that's a really good question and thank you for asking that because that is something that i've been talking about with other people in australia that are very involved in the industry we've been uh, talking about this this exact same yeah this question. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah. and because what i understand is that in Australia, and like you mentioned, uh, fitness is very sim uh, fitness in Australia is like very similar to bikini uh, from the WMBF. So I can't really tell you whether that pro card, uh, you know, if an athlete won a pro card in fitness, would be able to uh, pass it over onto, onto bikini. I will have to find out and I'll talk to Bob from WMBF US. But um, yeah, I'll definitely do that. I think it's, it's a great question. And I think it, in my opinion, I think it should be okay. 
but again, I'll, I'll have to double check and, and, you know, I have to talk to WMBF US to bring you a more accurate, a more yeah. accurate answer. Yeah, perfect. Sorry for putting you on the spot. <laughs> I knew it no, would have no, been a hard I, question to probably answer, especially in the early stages of starting up. It's actually a really, it's a, it's a great question yeah. because as we said at the beginning of the, of the podcast, many, many categories in Australia are, are different from the WMBF categories, right? And I know uh, previously um, the president and vice president of the WMBF Australia, they were offering some division, some categories as well that are not part of the official WMBF categories, right? Which I completely understand because you guys are used to you guys are used to those categories, having those categories. So I'm guessing that they were trying to to give you something that you guys were already used to having, right? Which is great. Um, but now I will have to go and, and, and find out whether, yeah, we'll be able to, um, to continue doing so or, yeah. Yeah, continue to do. No, we, we do know that we are capable and we're able to, we are allowed to yeah. provide other categories. Um, but like I said at the beginning, they, from now on, you might not be able to get a pro card that's gonna be internationally recognized, right? But because like with your question, I think in that case, it might be okay because that, that happened, you know, um, with the previous federation you know, prior to COVID and all that. So I think it, it might be okay, but again, I will double check and I, I will give you guys a more clear answer uh, in the future. And thank you for some of these questions as well. Yeah, it gives us even more like specific directions of, for these answers that I'm sure a lot of people will have as well. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I have a question surrounding uh, the, the judging protocol. So does the WNBF have any uh, strategies in place to reduce uh, bias? So bias uh, within, within, you know, judging, let's say, for example, a uh, athlete is also being coached by a judge on the panel you know, what, what happens in that particular case. Um, I think I've heard in the past that in regards to WNBF uh, judging that typically the highest and the lowest score will be omitted, like, you know, disappeared. And essentially it'll then be a summation of, of the, the scores in the middle as a means of reducing top and, you know, top and bottom biases, biases in there. So yeah, my question there is, is, you know, what sort of strategies in place does WNBF have surrounding reducing judge, judge bias? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. As I mentioned in the beginning with, in regards to, you know, I think it was other question that you asked me, uh, some, fed, some affiliates work differently. So depending on, on, on which country you are based in, then your, your affiliate may do things differently to say, you know, Australia or, or any other country, uh, WMBF. But um, the thing is, it really depends on, on the situation, right? It really depends on, on how things work and the availability to, you know, judges in, in your country, like what we have access to, right? Uh, so sometimes you might need to be a little bit more flexible in a place where you don't have access to, you know, world-class judges, right? But um, when it comes down to us, to WMBF Australia, 
we are going to do our best to to bring the best of the best right and and when it comes down to say i judge having competitors on a stage as well usually in my experience because i judge before uh, judges usually themselves when they have uh, um, sorry uh, clients on stage they don't want to uh, participate they don't want to that class they don't want to judge that class or you know they they just don't want to do it because they know um, they want to make the sport really fair and they know that the WMBF really cares about fairness right so it might not be um, it might not be say compulsory to step down right but in my experience, most judges that do have clients on a stage, they do anyways, just because they know how much WNBF cares about fairness. And that was why also I said earlier that we will try to have at least five judges at one time, because then if there were a judge um, with a student on stage, we would with a client. Yeah, yeah, with a client on stage, then we would. So a student is a <laughs> translation from a. Chinese, Chinese to uh to English. <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> right. That's cool. Uh, have a client yeah. on stage. Um, then yeah, we would have a a backup judge mm -hmm. to be able to cover for that class. So mm. we we yes. speak three languages, but none of them very well. So <laughs> no, you speak great <laughs> English. English. No, please absolutely. bear with us. <laughs> so you know my my um. I barely speak one language well, so you're doing oh. well, <laughs> Jack. You Honestly, barely speak. Like, <laughs> I just came back to Chile. My mother tongue is Spanish and I, I forgotten about so many words and yeah. my grandma is like all over the place. I'm like, <laughs> I can't speak Spanish, English or Chinese that well. What, what am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we, we apologize again. Yeah. No, no. Awesome. You guys have done, done amazing. <laughs> Thank you guys. So, oh, I, yeah, I hope that answers your question about, um, the relationship right between absolutely yeah no it does yeah 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 absolutely. we will definitely try and like try our best to keep that yeah you, you know, in place the, yeah you know the the athletes they can definitely be sure that we're gonna have a, a a really good panel of judges on that day and that they're going to judge fairly like nobody's going to get you know an advantage just because uh he or, he or she coach, right? um, is being coached by one of the judges. That's definitely not going to happen. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's also just good for everyone to hear because, you know, often these things get spoken about. And I think a lot of the time people just are potentially trying to make excuses a lot of the time. But I think you're right. In most instances, those, those judges tend to excuse themselves. Um, I've just got one more sort of follow-up question and then I'll open up to, you know, whether or not any of the other guys want to ask one final question. Um, but in the sense of going over to Worlds and, you know, taking a, a Team Australia, which will hopefully, you know, be a lot of people, um, I'm not sure if this is done in other countries, but I'm, I'm just more so asking the question, does WMBF, are they able to support athletes in any way, um, sort of financially or logistically, or is that something that athletes would need to fund themselves? That's a great question. Um, so far, the experience that we've had with WMBF Taiwan, um, they do try their best to, to support the athletes financially whenever they can. But that's only based on the top. Yeah, that's, that's for, yeah. yeah, of course. That's for the top athletes, right? Like um, the ones that 
have just turned pro or the ones that do really well on, on show day, those are the ones that are going to get the chance to, to be sponsored by, by WMBF. Uh, that, that's how it's been in Taiwan. And we do want to do our best to, to do that as well in Australia, right? But <laughs> of course, we need to understand that we are just starting out mm. and it's going to be it's going to be a little hard to do that from the very beginning. However, we do want that. We do want to uh, show support to the athletes, provide them with you know, everything they need, and we're going to do our best to make that happen. We want to bring uh, to the U.S. a really strong team, and if we can help financially, we will. That's for sure. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I had one follow-up question as well, just about the open classes uh, pertaining to whether it was based on height or weight, like, uh, yeah, essentially. Uh, height or weight for what so category? For, uh, for I guess, let's say, or any of them. So let's say bodybuilding will the if you have, say, 20 competitors, you might divide that into like two or three classes. Will that be based on their weight or their height? Um, yeah, uh, that that's definitely to be determined mm -hmm. because again that's it's a good question because that also varies between uh different affiliates but um we will yeah we will have done uh, we will do that in the future we we are trying to figure out what's the best way mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah the reason yeah. i ask is because i know at worlds i believe they did it based on weight whereas obviously other federations here they do typically the open class where you're going for the overall or the pro car that'll be height based but then they'll also do weight categories as well so yeah, yeah you... so right now how how it works say in taiwan is yeah it's, it's like that let's say for bodybuilding it's based on weight then we have men's physique right based on height and because we yeah that's the the system that we're used to we might pay that and and try to make it work in Australia, but only if if it works, right? Yeah, Again, sure. we want to, um, we do have experience with other affiliate, but at the same time, we need to understand the industry well. Mm. And we need to, we wanna be, we wanna be able to provide the athletes everything they need, right? We wanna make it easier for athletes to, to, uh, to join us as well, right? So we might change some things. Yeah, that makes sense. Totally. One of the questions that I had around uh, like the seasons. Please don't be kind. Please don't be kind. If I'm not making sense, <laughs> just let me know. No, no, no. Honestly, uh, <laughs> I know my accent is a little bit thick. My grammar can be all over the place. So let me know. I, I, I'll take it. No worries. <laughs> I'm a big boy. <laughs> With the uh, the seasons here in Australia, it does work quite uniquely in that typically our bodybuilding calendar bodybuilding year is divided up into like the first half and, and the second half, you know, season a and, and season B. Uh, I know that the, the first show that's planned for next year is, is in season B, I do believe uh, with the in intention, or I can imagine the intention will eventually be to provide, you know, more shows throughout the calendar year. Uh, is that something that you intend on doing? And will that be a spread across potentially some shows within season A as well? Yeah, so right now, as you guys know, we have one show for 2023, right? That will happen in October. And why we only have one for next year? Reason being is 
you know, I think most people in the, that are listening right now have realized already is because we don't have everything set in place yet. So we need time to be able to, to gather all the information we need, all the, all the protocols we need and to put in place something that's, that's gonna work, right? So first off, we, yeah, we apologize for just having one show next year, but from 2024, we do want to have at least two shows. Uh, we have learned as well, uh, you know, talking to some Australians that are involved in the industry, that things work differently to what we're used to in Australia. You guys have seasons, right? Like season A, season B, and right, you have the you, you work with nationals, right? You have national shows, you have state shows, local shows, um, some smaller local shows, right? So those are things that we're learning about right now, and we trying to see how we fit that into the WMBF, right? How, how we can, you know, make the bodybuilding, the Australian bodybuilding industry work with the WMBF. So in the future, things might change. Like I said, next year, we, we just have one show for season B, right? But for 2024, uh, we want to have two shows, but you know, we may end up having three or, or more, depending on, on how things go. Absolutely. Cool. Awesome. Amazing, guys. Well, thank you so much for answering all our questions and for answering the, the ones that were a bit off the cuff as well. Really appreciate how gracious you both were. And once again, a big thank you to staying up tonight and, and being able to have a chat with us. We've really, really enjoyed that. And like you said, there's a lot of hype at the moment around WMBF being back in Australia and you guys are getting flooded with questions. We're being asked our opinion, but I think, you know, having this podcast out there for people to listen to is going to be really valuable because at least they can start to get a bit of an idea of what some of the details around competing with you guys is going to be. Now, thank you so much guys for the opportunity. Uh, really, we really appreciate it. We just starting out, we just took over the Federation and we want to do our best. So we invite to, we invite all the listeners to send us DMs, to send us emails, to let us know their concerns, their questions, because everything helps. Again, we're doing our best to work for the athletes, right? We want the athletes to have the best experience. So we want your feedback and please send it, send it our way. Fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely, guys. And, you know, from the outset, it seems like WMBF Australia is in very capable hands and um, we're all really, really excited to see where you guys are going to take this. So all the best to you. And I think we'll have to get you on sometime next year, maybe as we get closer to the show to just answer any more questions because you'll have more information and then we can put together, a, you know, a final one for all the competitors so they know exactly what's happening. Absolutely. Thank Absolutely. You so Thank you, guys. Amazing, guys. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Awesome, guys. Well, that's going to do it for another episode of Bodybuilding Down Under. We appreciate you tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you tag the four of us, tag BDU, and also tag WNBF Australia so we can get the good word out about this podcast. Thank you again for tuning in, and we will see you next week.